Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. In the middle of the 20th century, the Albina neighborhood of North and Northeast Portland became the epicenter of black life, not just in Portland, but in the entire state of Oregon. Then came so-called urban renewal, when projects like the construction of the I-5 freeway and the planned expansion of Emanuel Hospital, they shattered the neighborhood, closing businesses, demolishing homes, and displacing many, many residents. Now, a new digital archive is aimed at preserving the vitality and creativity of the neighborhood. It was created by the Albina Music Trust, which collected and digitized thousands of photographs, audio recordings, film, and video clips. Bobby Smith is the co-founder and lead archivist of the Albina Music Trust. Ken Berry is a co-founder and emeritus consulting producer of the World Arts Foundation. He donated hundreds of items from his personal collection to this new archive. They both join me now. It's great to have both of you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. There is so much in this archive. I, I got lost in it yesterday and today. Live performances, local news segments, family photos from the 1930s and 40s, community events. I want to play just one thing I found today that, that uh, I found lovely. It's an LP of performances by the Portland Public Schools All-City Elementary Orchestra and Band and a choir called the Humble Tears, which I assume is based on what was then Humboldt Elementary School. Let's have a listen to a part of the song by this choir. A child is black, a child is white, the whole world looks up on the side, a beautiful sight. Oh, very well, the whole world knows, this is the way that freedom grows, freedom grows, freedom grows. Bobby, how did this archive come to be? Well, uh, we've been working with musicians in the community for up to about a decade now. And uh, at this stage, you know, so many folks came through our, our studio at X-Ray FM. We were responding to folks in the community who were sharing their materials on air. And uh, over time, a responsive practice just developed where we were digitizing materials for folks to have for their families so we could play on air and we would uh, maintain a copy of these things. So it grew and grew. A domino effect took place as uh, musicians kept coming through the studio. At that time, that was the idea that it would become a, a public-facing archive or was it just... It, it, did it happen no. by itself? <laughs> we had humble roots. You know, I, I, I never thought I would be a, an archivist myself. I'm an educator uh, by trade. But, you know, again, we responded in community. It seemed that there was a growing need. And many of these musicians uh, had not been represented in local media or hadn't had their music shared in the past. Ken, you're one of many people who donated stuff to this archive. But, but my understanding is that you've provided more than many people. Photographs, tons of audio recordings, film footage. Why did you collect all this in the first place, going back decades? Probably my parents and being part of Portland Public Schools for 48 years, always documenting different events and taking place. Did you think of yourself as an archivist at the time? Not at all. I just basically, I'm a musician. I'm a photographer. I'm, I'm just a teacher. And, and things always led me to always document. And I met Bobby and it's like a dream come true from the standpoint of being able to take 50 years of collection of information and begin to start passing it on. So you didn't think of yourself 
as an archivist, you, you thought of yourself as an educator yes. and, and a, an artist and, and a cultural creator. But exactly. Did you have a sense at the time that it was going to be important to preserve what you were right. experiencing? I mean, I guess, yes. I guess what I'm asking is, did you know that some really important part of this community was going to be destroyed? Well, I wasn't thinking about that. More so of the people that I was associated with, the shoulders of people I stood on who always guided me through the process of making sure you document any and everything that you do to preserve it because at some point in time, you may not be here and you want your legacy to be uh, in a place that can be used. Hmm. You mentioned almost 48 years uh, as as a teacher and administrator at Portland Public Schools. Part of that included the creation of a gospel children's choir Mm -hmm. called Youth Sound. Yes. Let's have a listen to one of the recordings that's now publicly available in this archive, then we can talk about it. We're going to hear part of the song, Thank You, Lord, from a performance at Jefferson High School on May 2nd, 1982. Every time I hate to interrupt, but there's so much I, I still also want to talk about. What's it like for you to hear that now? I just, it's a memory of basically taking 100 kids and rehearsing for six months to bring that, to make that happen. These were kids who had little or no musical experience from Portland public schools throughout the Portland community. And we wanted to make sure we brought those children together and do a major presentation, which you did at Jefferson High School on May 2nd, 1982. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby, can you give us a sense for what's in this collection. I, I mentioned, you know, five or six categories of stuff, but can you give us a, a better sense for what all is there? Sure, certainly. So we are documenting the arts and culture legacy in Albina, mostly pre-internet as we have a lot of um, equipment that really helps to facilitate that work. Uh, it's a collection of photography, film, audio, printed materials, articles, oral histories, and beyond. Uh, Our focus as Albina Music Trust is really with music, but we've also opened things up for other mission-aligned organizations to host their own pages uh, with us. And so that's expanded to take on, you know, photographies of uh, Vanport flood survivors or social clubs dating back to even the 1930s in Albina. Visitors on the website, they can also add their own memories or annotation, right? So what, what's the idea behind this? How is that going to work? Well, we hope, you know, as a community archive, we have this capability to, uh, you know, be living in a sense. It's a living document. And sometimes, you know, we, we're working with community members to uh, get the information as best we can, but we don't always get it right. And me- history and memory are two very different things. So the the idea that there's a portal in which folks can contribute, can type things in, and we receive that information enables users to uh, generate or correct us if we're wrong. They can generate content as well. If you're just tuning in, we're talking right now about the new Albina Community Archive. Ken Berry is with us. He's a co-founder and emeritus consulting producer of the World Arts Foundation. Bobby Smith is a co-founder and lead archivist of the Albina Music Trust. You can hear Bobby on KMHD on Fridays from 8 to 10 p.m. when he hosts the new radio show Music from 
the Albina Community Archive. Let's listen to another excerpt from this huge archive. Uh, it's a demo of the song La Funk by the band Gangsters. Uh, but Bobby, before we hear it, what should we know about what we're about to hear? Well, the Gangsters, you know, this was the first uh, major project of our in-house record label. We uh, received funds from the Regional Arts and Culture Council in 2018 to document this highly underdocumented group. Uh, it was 1970, uh, Thera Memory, who would later go on to win a Grammy with Esperanza Spalding. It was his first recorded uh, musical output. Let's have a listen. <laughs> Ken, we're going to be talking tomorrow about the city of Portland's efforts to boost black home ownership and uh, rentals mm-hmm. in North and Northeast Portland, inner North and Northeast Portland, a kind mm-hmm. of update on a, a kind of right to return program they've had for a couple of years. On Monday, we're going to talk with the leader of Albina Vision Trust, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, which is working to to rethink and to and to literally rebuild um, various parts of this of the same area. It's, it's obviously it's it's embedded in their name. Those are our physical projects in in different ways. I'm curious how you think this archive fits into that larger whole. Well, as a product of that community, I would hope that it would continue the legacy uh, so that uh, the dream is is never deferred, that it continues on, because a lot of people were displaced because of movement during that time. But uh, again, as a product of uh, that particular building, 48 years of it, I hope that it would just continue on and in in a positive way, bringing more uh, positive things, such as the artists, performing artists. And I know it's going to be used for residential purposes, but uh, just trying to preserve the history as much as possible so it's never forgotten. Bobby, Bobby, what role do you think the culture that you're putting in this website, what's the connection between that and and the, the physical ideas of rebuilding a neighborhood? You know, as we think about the role of preservationists in this day and age, um, in many ways we think of those things existing in institutions and larger um, organizational structures. But in its essence, the role of preservation um, and the type of materials that we're housing, it's quite simple. You're preserving, uh, describing, arranging, and presenting materials. We could see a vision, you know, perhaps in alignment with Albina Vision Trust and a lot of this rebuilding work that's happening, where there could be a cultural center for these materials to be experienced in in real time in a physical location. For now, uh, we've set up the architecture for it to be digitally experienced. Let's listen to one more recording, Ken. This is from your collection. Mm-hmm. It is a YSOL, a radio station's air check from October 2nd, 1975. The reel-to-reel tape is labeled DJ George Fitz, Black on Black. Let's have a listen. Okay. Give me a 
YSOL. It's very special that you selected that particular piece because huh. YSOL was a station that was started and built by young people in 1968. Uh, and the purpose of that was to train young people that may want to consider entering broadcasting. And George Fitz, I might mention right now, I apologize, but regret to have to say he's in hospice right now. So it's ironic that you would share that particular piece because <laughs> that means a whole lot to him and his family because I'm going to make sure that they also hear this as well. Hmm. Ken, what do you most hope people are going to get from this new archive, take from this new archive? That we have to preserve, we have to document, and other people should, all, everyone should make sure that they're doing or preserving their history, their family history, so it's never lost, stolen, or strayed. I, I commend, again, Albina Music Trust to Bobby Smith and his staff who have delegated, I mean, hours and hours and decades of, of just collecting all this information and now making it a reality. Ken Berry and Bobby Smith, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Ken Berry is co-founder and emeritus consulting producer of the World Arts Foundation. Bobby Smith is co-founder and lead archivist of the Albina Music Trust. And as I mentioned, you can hear more selections from this archive on uh, our connected radio station, KMHD. It's Fridays from 8 to 10 p.m. Is that right? Yes. Coming up after a break, we're going to hear about gaps in services for homeless LGBTQ plus people in the Portland area.